Hi, I'm Gemma Harmon and you're listening to Season 1 of Res Dance, a podcast dedicated to research methodologies and methods in dance practice. I'm delighted to be joined today by Virginia Farman, an artist researcher and senior lecturer in dance and choreography at the University of Chichester. Welcome, Virginia. To start, it would be great if you could share with listeners a bit about your background and experience and perhaps something about what your practice is. Hi, Gemma. Thank you for having me here. Well, my background is in dance and visual arts. My interest in dance started very young, but I wasn't dancing until I was about 16. I had to make a big bid in my family um, to go and do dance classes. And by that time, I already felt like I was the old lady of the dance class because there's such a culture in dance of thinking that you have to start at three. In hindsight, I now think it was a very good thing that I didn't start until relatively late because I had lots of time to cultivate other skills and particularly visual arts. Uh, so my initial training was in dance and visual arts. I did an art foundation course and a degree that combined performing, dancing with visual arts at Brighton, what's now Brighton University under the guidance of Liz Agis, choreographer Liz Agis, and Billy Cowie, who's composer. And Agis and Cowie had a company called Divas. Um, very soon after my arrival at Brighton, I got invited to join the company, and Divas became my life for about five years as we made new works and toured, mostly in Europe and the UK. Um, it was a great privilege to work with Liz. She has a very particular way into making and to also to have her as my tutor. And she, she's in a way set the, set the ground for what I went on to do afterwards in that her work is very particular. She comes from a German expressionist background and is influenced by expressionism, by the idea that the body itself communicates, the body has an expressive capability and that um, emotions, feelings, and the lived experience of the body can be put into movement. And I'm still really interested in that idea of how does the body express itself and communicate in its own way. In addition to that, the German Expressionist material that Liz introduced me to and that I've looked at since has this wonderful lyrical and poetic quality to it. And I, I feel that for me, that's a very good match with, with my sense of humour, my sense of self um, and how I move. So that's where my art, my work, my choreography is positioned now. Um, lots more to say about that, but I think that will come out as we talk. Yeah, great. Thank you. I, one of the questions I was going to go on and ask you about context, which I will do. But before that, what you've just mentioned there in terms of expression and communication and lived experience, is that one of the reasons why perhaps you focus on performance and performers? Is there something about those groups that you're trying to gain an essence of or an insight into, you know, their experiences, how they communicate? Um, yeah, I think that's true. That's a good, good point. I hadn't quite put two and two together on that one. But performance is really important to me because I, I suppose I feel it's the point at which ideas get communicated and in communicating them, you can feel, I think, that's in my world, you can feel how they're being received. So there's, a, there's an element of transferring ideas to someone else and 
the, as in the audience, and the audience mirroring back. I'm very interested in that audience performer mm -hmm. relationship and how that happens. Um, and when I work with dancers, I call everyone I work with a dancer. So whether they're trained or untrained, I call them a dancer when they're working. So they're defined by their role in a project rather than by their training or their history. And so when I'm working with dancers, I will take them through a process and often it's quite a long process and I work, I think I work quite slowly, um, where they are trained, tuned, uh, initiated in the thinking underpinning a project. And a lot of the focus of that will be about how to be in performance, um, and the, I'll embed the, the concerns or the themes and the intention of a piece into workshops and scores that we'll do in rehearsal mm -hmm. to make the piece. So it can be quite difficult for, for dancers because they don't always know what's being made. I mean, I haven't always worked like that and I don't always work like that. Sometimes I have a, a stricter um, framework to work for. But generally, my preferred way of working now is through improvisation and a very organic development of, of ideas and themes. Great. So I think that brings us nicely onto this idea, perhaps, of uh, methods and approaches you use. And I was going to talk to you later on about your process um, when making. But seeing as you touched upon it now, I wonder if you could perhaps expand upon the different approaches or methods that you might use when you bring together a group of dancers. You know, this idea you talk about ask them to think about the work, think about the piece. What might you use? What kind of methods and approaches might you use? Gemma, I work almost exclusively in outdoor settings. So there's always a thinking or a concern for the type of place that I might be making something for. Having said that, I don't always know at the beginning of the project where I'm going to put something, but I know it's going to be outside and I, I know a kind of feeling that I'm interested in. <clears throat> so the approaches that I'll use will slightly depend on how much, how, how, what, where I'm at at the stage of producing the work. At the beginning stage, we'll use a lot of um, almost authentic movement type um, processes where I ask dancers to move. To, I will spend a long time just moving, literally getting people moving, especially if I'm working with people that have not got a training or are quite unconfident about working outdoors, um, but also with professional dancers. So we'll be moving in order to get a group feeling, um, to evolve a field of working and a culture of working. And then I will start to introduce focused tasks and they might be spatial, say, examining space in a certain way, um, or examining relationships between bodies in space. And from that, I might start to feed in questions designed to elicit responses and qualities in, in the movement. So through, first of all, getting people moving and then getting them to work with each other or even ask each other questions as they move or reflect back what they, what's coming out of movement, I'll start to build a vocabulary that's shared. And then that will start to meet the ideas that I would have prepared in advance of the project. And I'll start to 
kind of apply them together. This is this is all sounding very organic and a bit woolly. I'm quite surprised at how organic it's all sounding. <laughs> Probably I work quite organically. Um, and I will, I then tend to have maybe a few stock approaches, I have to admit, probably go back to them. So for example, one of them is to look at the material of the body and the body as a mechanics, a mechanics system. Another would be to look at the feeling of the body and the body as, as a relational emotional system. Um, and also, I'm very, as I said, I'm very interested in audience performer relationships. So I'm, another system might, another system or process might be to look at that with whoever I'm working with in different ways. Um, different projects, though, have different intentions. Sometimes there's a much more defined narrative, so to speak. Although I, 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 I'm not terribly comfortable working with narrative, but I have done it and I do do it. Um, when I'm when I'm asked to, usually by a producer or a commissioner. But if it's a narrative, then I'm always trying to find a way to get the feeling of the narrative and the feeling underpinning the story and people's um, emotional relationship to it. So it's very much about emotion. The world makes sense to me through through the feeling of it and space and seeing what comes out of that. And then. In more recent projects I've been really particularly interested in how things things and the things that flow through a space that are already in existence so that could be traffic or pedestrians or animals or or weathers weather patterns mm -hmm. and I like I'm interested in how choreography can correspond with what's already there so that a third a third thing is that third things made that sounds a bit trite but there's a correspondence between the things that are happening so the whole picture and this goes back to my visual arts training as well the whole picture that's being made holds together as a whole mm. rather than taking choreography and putting it in a location i know people don't do this so much anymore this is this is kind of old thinking but staging something outside that's made for indoors and, and transferring it and i've worked like that too and that has a different maybe that has different concerns mm -hmm. Yeah, so some really interesting thoughts there, some of which I'm going to pick up on if I if I can remember them all. Um, this idea about, you talked very much about your process and the way you articulate it is that that process very much evolves. And I just wondered this idea of the whole, sense of whole or sense of feeling, how do you know when that's being reached? So um, how do you know you've got there or do you never really know? Is it that the outcome also evolves or... Do you have a sense from the way in which you work with dancers, the, the approaches that perhaps you use, that there reaches a point for you where it's there? Hmm. Um, oh, that's such an interesting question. Thanks for asking it. It's a really lovely question. I, I absolutely love thinking about things like that. I've ex I, have a, I have had a, a very tangible feeling in the past when, when something's arrived. Um, I have literally walked away from a site from a performance and gone well that's that done then isn't it you know tick mm. job complete uh it's a very nice feeling but also a scary feeling because it of course the next question is so what are you going to do now um the in in the process that i take usually the piece isn't finished on first performance 
performance is used as part of that process of evolving the piece in my mind. Um, so that's why performance is, going back to your earlier question, performance is really important. And this idea of reception from the audience, because it's in performance that I feel I understand, or dancers understand what they're doing, really understand what they're doing. I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm also thinking, well, if you just, if I had a longer rehearsal period, that might come out in a way, but, um, but it's okay for it to be in performance. I think that's okay. The work is, is pretty much finished. It's certainly finished enough. I wouldn't show it if it, if it weren't. Um, but the fine tuning of a piece of work happens in that relationship with the audience, in that relationship with space. And in terms of when it's arrived, well, like I said, I have had that very tangible feeling in the past, um, but more and more, the work itself keeps evolving. And either I get, if I'm performing it, either I get physically fed up with performing it, or I think, oh, my knees can't do that anymore. I think I'm gonna try and put that piece on the shelf. Or, you know, something else happens. The, it was a, a one-off piece for a festival and it, and it may or may not get done again, or, or, or it does get done again and we, we keep evolving it. So yes, I've, I've now built in this idea that it just keeps evolving through performance. Yeah, and that's and, a nice idea. Because uh, I think often, certainly writings about performance often see it as a product of a process or an outcome, something that can be critiqued. Um, but the way you're talking about it is that it, it is part of that process and it's the way you work and it's part of it rather than the outcome of, of it perhaps. And, and this idea you talk about relationship, you've mentioned relationship a few times um, with yourself and those you work with dancers, relationship perhaps between yourself and the approaches employed and also the audience. And I wondered if you could share any thoughts you have about this idea of relationship and why it's important in your practice. So what is it that's, why is that relationship between you and the dancers important? Is it because you're trying to get to that lived experience or is it because you're taking them on on a journey so perhaps it's, it might be less about relationship and more about role i really love dance and i presume that anyone who comes into the room to work on a project also loves dance and i'm i love thinking about what it is that makes us dance and so there's a relationship the relationship at the core of a project is dancing and what can you can do with dancing and because I love dance, I want to make other people love it too. It sounds terribly straightforward, doesn't it? And, and I feel about five talking about it, but <laughs> yeah, I want other people to love it and I want other people to enjoy it. And I want, I also love outdoor spaces. So I want people to enjoy dance in outdoor spaces. It's really quite simple in that way. So the relationship that is going on or the complex, these complex relationships are, motivated by having a feeling of really really loving something and then within that or further to that i i suppose have this this kind of ego character that says yes and we can make the world better if people can go outside and enjoy outside spaces in a different way or or yes if everyone got in their bodies it would all be so much better for everybody or or um if we laughed more that would be that would be good too so it's quite simple really I just I'm a bit of a fascist in a way I want everyone to laugh more enjoy outdoor spaces more and get more embodied and and I suppose be creative um 
I haven't got anything more sophisticated to say about it. No, I think that's a really nice way of explaining your position um, of, of how you are. And you've spoken previously about the skills that you perhaps have brought to where you are now, starting dance later, the visual arts and dance, working with divas. And I just wondered how much that informs who you are today. Um, sometimes when we talk about, as a researcher, we think about our position. And sometimes that can be perhaps from the outside in trying to facilitate a process. But the way you talk about it, and perhaps it links to this idea of lived experience, which is a very subjective, uh, subjectivity, subjective viewpoint. And I just wondered um, if you feel like that, if you feel like it's a privilege where you are in your position, you come with these experiences and ideas to help others love dance, whether you have any mm. thoughts about that. Um, yeah, well, it is, it is a privilege. It's a massive privilege and it's a, it's a massive, I feel it's a massive pri privilege to be a lecturer in choreography and, and it's a massive privilege to work with people when they come into the studio to work with me. I often feel quite humbled by that. And, and when you're working with people's feelings and their experiences and also, of course, their hopes and fears will come into that bit, you are inviting them to be vulnerable and, and that's the stuff of making, of creativity. We all have to be vulnerable. Um, I feel like all artists are, are very vulnerable and very young in, in some part of them. And you're taking those qualities and making things because you don't know, you don't really know what you're making and you hope you don't really know. That's the adventure and that's why you do it. And you're, you're, you're shaping that. And in a way, and, and what I'm very interested in at the moment is that that's quite like, that's quite similar to play and thinking about playing and the kind of movement that you use when you're playing, it has an intention and a focus but it, it doesn't have a function. And that, for me, that's very similar to dancing. It has an intention and a focus, but not really a function. Um, so I'm interested in how, in the playfulness of creativity and how playfulness can help us to find those and express those, those things that, are, that we hold inside us. And they might be big things or small things. It's probably the content in a way is, is coming out of the process rather than like i said earlier about narrative i'm maybe not so keen on narrative but because i'm very interested in how a process links to the content in an organic way hmm. what is it about narrative that you're not a, a huge <laughs> fan of is it um what what is it about it in terms of perhaps in relation to things you've been asked to do before or in terms of your current practice uh if you could share some thoughts about narrative. I'm laughing because you, you, it's like the narrative police suddenly. I know, I know. I like using um, narrative. Um, I use it quite a lot in, in qualitative research, but that's because I'm interested in the narrative of other people's experiences. So I can try mm. and understand the world from how they see it. So for me, uh, I like that account. I like, I like it being about narrative. And I guess going back to trying, I, in my research, trying to get a sense of first-person experience or, or in more kind of phenomenological sense, a lived experience. And so for me, I can use narrative in a positive way, but, that, but I'm not asking my participants, my dancers to move. So I'm interested whether it's, you know, by asking dancers to share narrative for you, does it stop that kind of moving process? Mm. Well, thank you, because you kind of helped me think about what it is, but 
I, it feels very, I suppose, narrative, narrative as in a, a story or a fixed, a fixed script. It feels, it feels very rigid to me. And then I, I don't know what to do with it. Um, but I have worked with it and I've worked with devising narratives. And so maybe I'd be better at it if I were to do it again. But there's something about the, once you fix something, given it language and fixed it in a structure, that feels maybe maybe where do you go with it how do you de then deal with it how do you respond to it i think i just need to get new methods really mm. need to develop some approaches well no it's true once you've collected narrative and then you disseminate it in a research setting it's kind of there isn't it it's it's fixed it's, it's what someone said um i guess i i wonder in those processes maybe it's thinking less about narrative and more about reflection I mm. wonder, because you must find the dancers you work with they must share their thoughts and thinking about the process that you then take on board and move forward so perhaps you use reflection more than, than yeah. narrative. yes and having talked a lot about things being about feelings i probably don't talk that much about them mm. their qualities and atmospheres i'm i'm I think I think I'm really interested in how things how qualities manifest in the moment I mean I'm getting more and more into improvisation and how improvisation demands that we respond in the moment and in order to do that I feel I have to drop out of a certain way of being which is maybe the narrative of self and drop into the 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 dynamics that are around me and passing by and make something from them in that moment or with them in that moment and i the the projects that the two projects i've most recent projects i've done have really taken that approach so we start with the feelings and we start with what i talked about as witnessing and we start with getting moving and then we've shifted to what is moving around you and how do you spontaneously respond to that and what do you do with that and in in your in deciding what you do with that stories might come out that that might be part of it you might respond with what may appear like a narrative and that's absolutely great but it's not a fixed thing it's a it's a passing thing and i'm really fascinated with that i'm really fascinated by um how things move across time mm. and how time whether you're making time by making a structure or whether you're undoing it by um, unpicking what's happened. There's, there's this, this durational thing that continues and you're making choices in time. And um, as much as possible, I like to do that in the moment of time because that seems to me a bit like surfing, you know, do you get on the wave or do you sink under the wave? Mm. So it's, it's very much, that's my thinking and rather than holding on to holding on to a moment and I think maybe narrative holds on to moments and repeats them um, and I find that frustrating because I want to keep moving on yeah. but of course you know I'm saying it and I'm thinking actually it can be quite useful to have structure. Yeah what I was thinking when you're talking um, very clearly there about this idea of being in the moment I, I was thinking about Perhaps it comes from me, um, perhaps I have a focus sometimes, I've always wanted to capture things. Um, 
And then I was thinking perhaps then the challenges faced where when you're working in, in the moment and a way of being and it happens and then it's gone, how you then capture that and have to write about it and articulate it in written form. And, and, and for those that can't see with you nodding at me, that's perhaps a process of, you know, your PhD research and process and for others doing practice research. Um, I wondered if you had any thoughts does that feel a challenge you know when you have something that's lived in the moment a being a physical sense that somehow you then have to articulate in written written form i guess going back to the idea of the audience they're, they're one of the ways of capturing um, more recently i've been working with video and we'll talk about souvenir project i think and using video to capture and i think it's about accepting that what you're you're not going to capture it all i'm making live work very committed to live work if that's what i'm making making live work that happens in the moment and people people capture it if they're there and if not it's gone so what what happens in the writing is much more ref is the reflections on that on that process and reflections on on what i think happened um but it's not a it's not going to mirror it completely but right we we know now don't we My writing doesn't do that it's a it's another form mm. so there's always a translation happening and and for me writing feels like a very different kind of creative practice um and i guess doing the phd that i'm doing i i'm i'm learning those skills that's part of the reason i wanted to do it was to learn how to do so how do you capture things that are transient how do you put them into another medium Mm. yeah good question mm. i'm not sure i've got the answer video and performance and a few words scratched on the page yeah and before we move on to talk about the recent works because i'd love to go on and talk about those um i had a question i wanted to ask earlier on when we were talking about um the different approaches that you used whether they are drawn from a particular theoretical framework or particular mm. ideas i wonder if you could share any thoughts for those listening about that it's not always easy to see our our history is it but, and actually that's one of the things I'm doing in my writing at the moment. Um, so as I talked earlier, as I told you earlier, so there was my formative training in, with Liz Agis and Billy Cowie and, and um, working with divas and working also with, uh, when I was, I was in Brighton and there was a venue called the Zap Club and it was a club because there was no theatre in Brighton that would take experimental, new experimental work. So I started working at the Zap and they had a Tuesday evening performance night and anyone could do anything and anyone did do anything. I mean, absolutely everything and anything happened there. Um, so I learned about performing by doing it. And that I then realized in retrospect was a, you know, had a kind of philosophical, mm. some philosophical thinking behind it. Um, maybe it's called practice research, maybe it's a bit more sophisticated than that, but um, expressionism, the, the tradition that Liz was looking at and working with at that time, she also worked with Hilda Holger in London at the time, has this very clear, um, clear philosophical stance of, you know, rejecting ballet, reject, uh, the, the structures of ballet and the, the body of ballet in its held lines and, um, formal language a formal set language in favor of making movement metaphor i think i could use the word metaphor 
for the, that are linked to the feeling of things and and this idea of essences finding the essence so in that way it's it's very closely linked to phenomenology and the idea that the the essence of things somehow speak about them or somehow communicate from them um but i didn't know that at the time of making when i started i now know that because i've done some reading um so there's this phenomenological underpinning which I'm fascinated with. I'm very interested in the idea that, an, that things have a quality of them or a suchness of them, a thingness of them, and that how they are will, can be expressed in movement or in how they move. And then I also think that that's a very fixed way of looking at the world and probably, I'm gonna use the word ridiculous, no offense to anyone who, <laughs> who kind of is thinking it's the truth, but I kind of think, oh, that's also ridiculous. But I love it. I love this idea that things have a thingness and that they move in according to themselves and they express themselves, they express their essence. And what I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer this question in several ways. So sorry, I'm gonna be going round and backwards. So what I'm now thinking about is how does the thingness of a dancer say, of a particular individual interact with the quality or the thingness of a location, an outdoor site, without this. And so, how does the site express itself? Well, that we could say the site is already expressing itself because it's very good at being itself and being what it is. Um, well, that's true until you start to read about how spaces and places are constructed and produced by the culture then you think, oh, okay, so maybe this place is, is good at being itself, but it's also good at being what it's being constructed and produced to be. So there's this articulation of space happening at the same time as the space is being. Well, I think that's very similar with humans. There's the, the essence of ourselves, and then there's the articulation of ourselves, and they're not necessarily the same thing. I think Bausch was really looking at this in her work. We have a central self and we have we can use movement to express our essential self and a lot of say somatic practices and authentic movement is very interested in that. Those are really brilliant practices. And on top of that, we have this expression, this ability to articulate and express. And again, we go back here to writing. It's very similar to writing. So then we have a choice. What are we expressing? What are we articulating? And we get, we come then to the, the sort of language of dance and choreography. And I like thinking about things like the language of dance and choreography. I just love that as a phrase, because of course it's a ridiculous phrase. There is no universal language of dance, but maybe there would be, and what would it look like? And it would be brilliant to think about that. Um, so all those things are going on at the same time and they, they are all informing how I keep myself entertained as I'm trying to make, make dances and make a living from this thing called dance. <laughs> and the other approach is, Improvisation, which I've already talked about a bit, and I've been working with Katie Duck, who's now in Amsterdam, um, quite a lot recently. And Katie's actually now I'm thinking about it. Similarly to Agus, a fairly um, punky type character, quite quite subversive in her approach. Um, quite likes the edge to be edgy and. And I find that fascinating. And she's she's taken the time to really refine her methods so that she can teach them and, and has a very rigorous improvisational practice. 
So I've been working with her and then other people who teach improvisation. I've also trained in classical dance and contemporary dance, particularly, I, I really enjoyed doing ballet. It wasn't really my, I'm not really the body for ballet, but I loved it and I have the strength for it, but not the kind of grace, I suppose. Um, hence my interest in expressionism. <laughs> but I really liked out of contemporary. I really like limon and release, all those release techniques. Um, but like I said, more and more I'm improvising and making what I can, doing what I can do. Yes, there's thinking there. Have I answered the question? Yeah, you have brilliantly. And I guess drawing upon those individuals and approaches and the thinking, it's evident you've done a lot of thinking around those ideas perhaps has now brought you to where you are now with your most recent work. And perhaps you could talk about that, um, whether it's the approaches you use or what you did, um, what was asked for dancers, however you might want to share it. Um, so the, the most recent project that I've been doing is called Souvenir. And it was made as a continuation of work I was doing prior to 2020 lockdown, but it mainly got born in the beginning of lockdown when I started to think well what can I do without the studio without dancers being able to meet face to face and without me being able to work with them over a long process um, and as you remember I think everyone was didn't know how to be in that time and there was a lot of uh, I think quite a lot of not quite settling on what it was we were doing so I thought about how I could work with the materials that I've got. I have a laptop, I have, it, it's, it's very sophisticated, it's, it's got recording equipment on it, etc. So I created some, I decided to do a project that involved making audio recordings that would lead dancers into four improvisational processes that they could take outdoors into outdoor locations and they could explore outdoors and then to capture what they'd made, they, they were asked to video. So I made um, a series of recordings. The first recording was very much about this phenomenological intertwining between of self and the site, and very much a tuning, asking dancers to tune into the processes I was using and themselves in the location. And that, that, for that one, they were asked to go into a nature site, a woodland site, and move. And they um, went out, it was by that time late spring and explored. And then in the recording, I asked them to capture short clips, not more than a minute usually, of what they were doing in response to specific tasks. So the recordings were both a workshop and exercise sort of a task, an, an improvisation workshop and task. And then instructions, they combined these very strict instructions where I'd literally have to say, now place your camera somewhere and film for 30 seconds. Now return to your camera and we'll go into the next piece of, of the improvisation. Um, and they contain music and they were, I wanted them to be self-contained so that they wouldn't, need, wouldn't require any additional written material to do them. And they also had to, um, what do they also have to do? Oh, I also decided that they should be not more than 30 minutes because although people had volunteered to be in the project, I, they were all very concerned about how long it was gonna take. 
And in, in actual fact, it took much longer than 30 minutes a week. It was, it ended up being, you know, a longer process because sometimes they did them twice or they had to explore things or they weren't sure. And so dancers would go and they'd do the audio and then they'd send me their video and that would release the second audio. So we had a kind of correspondence going, which involved me sending things and getting things back. And the, what I got back slightly informed what I did next. And the audios built on each other. So the first one was about tuning. The second one was about the materials of the body and the materials of the site. They were asked to find things and make sculptures and pictures. And the third one was about, was, was um, about lines and structures in the site. And the fourth one, which I called Souvenir. So each, each of the others has a title, but this one was Souvenir is about this articulation of feeling and they were asked to think about themselves writing a postcard from a location to someone who wasn't present who was absent and to put the qualities of the place into a sort of postcard structure so a postcard is a very small communication put the structure into a movement structure and then they videoed themselves doing that and sent that back to me. So they were kind of postcards in dance. Um, what I didn't mention is that each, they were told the kind of place to go to. So that started off at the beginning, very rural, and then they went more urban. And then in the last one, they could decide where they went. Um, so when I got the material back, I then turned each audio the video from each audio into a short dance film um, and they are now a collection there's four films called souvenir and i've been showing them as a series with actually i've done it once and it's a i give a talk and i show the work and talk a bit in between so so that was the project that i did in lockdown when i couldn't work face to face and were you surprised by how it evolved that you know different way of working different approaches used i guess in a sense what struck me from, from watching it and thinking about it is um, your role in that process. Of course, they were asked to do something independent of you and then sent to you. So that must have felt a different way of working than normally would with people in person. You would think it would feel different, but actually maybe it didn't because, because the principles are very similar to those that I used before, which is I'm asking people to go and be vulnerable somewhere and to show, in a way, show me something about their understanding of a place what was really lovely and what was was the variety of places that they went to and in the films you i think you would agree you can see that the dancers are completely immersed in in their task and their performance and that quality is a quality that i cherish in um try and strive for in other things that I do I really they're really they're looking very natural they look very comfortable it's a very um everyday and un, un um, embellished response so I was very pleased with that and I was very pleased with how the feedback the dancers gave me they ha they had experienced a, a deeper sense of connection to the locations they'd visited they had a sense of ownership on the on places um, one dancer talked about home, this idea of being at home in a place, um, feeling that they they had a made a special connection. So they've kind of in, somehow inscribed themselves into those locations. And and then when I showed the films, I had a lovely thing happen. I showed them a couple of weeks ago. 
where a woman who had moved from up north came to see them and she's lived here for now for maybe five years um and she said oh oh uh, that place that that one of the dancers danced in a place that i looked just like the peace hall in um actually i can't remember which town it is but it's a northern town in yorkshire um the peace hall and she said i know it well because i lived right near it until i moved down to live nearer my son and it, and i i said it, it is the peace hall and she was felt she was so happy to have seen a place that was from probably her home so there's that idea of how I mean the places you know we can talk a lot about home and places um and the connection to them we do have a connection to them I think places are important so it's very nice to feel that people have a, that sense of connection is clearer mm. in someone I'm and I suppose that no go sorry. Well, I think that that is that's kind of one of one of the secret agendas in my work to to see how can we make these connections to, to place mm -hmm. more explicit, more the, the the things that connect you to place. How can you make that stronger? Mm. And for her, particularly at a time where things were so unusual for her to feel that identity and link to somewhere that was familiar is lovely. Do, do you think yeah. this would be a way that you'll continue to work, perhaps? using audio and recordings in a different way you know going forward in terms of your practice do you have ideas for future um actually uh, maybe i'm not completely sure i about the audio thing it's very useful it's a very useful way to work and i, I did take it into my teaching this last year i made quite i made a lot of recordings for students i was working in a teaching and improvisation module and i ended up making a lot of recordings for those students so they could come away from the screen and they could work in their own time and place and i really enjoyed doing that i like the medium i um had a brief spell at one stage in my life working with radio and it's a really lovely medium um but what but what it reminded me working with that project in souvenir reminded me was that uh, film is a great medium and i love the i love what you can do with it in a very simple way so souvenir was made very simply because there, there was no budget and also i don't really have great um it skills to speak about i'm not a video editor so i used iMovie and they dancers use their phones um and that made it very accessible for everybody but in the process of that i remembered what editing is like um i used to be part of a film collective called situation cinema where we made super eight films and i remembered what editing was like and i i remembered oh yeah editing is like choreography it's great it's so great but you can do different things with a camera um, and edit, and you can do different things with live bodies. So that's an area of interest. I'm currently working with a couple of the dancers from Souvenir Project, well, two of them, and I'm working with cameras, uh, cameras and making something. But these are very small projects. They're thinking, mm. thinking by doing, thinking through practice. There's no budget attached to them, but um, but I'm really enjoying them. I'm really enjoying. I'm working with Marina collard in london at the moment and we're making some animation stuff um so i'm interested in how working with animation undoes choreography really it's like working backwards and it's it's a it's very satisfying it just for me it produces something that i really like i really like the texture of it and it's reminding me having been immersed in writing and doing the phd it's reminding me that dance of course is a visual language and ultimately it's it's how it looks that communicates so 
yeah it's nice to work with the visual again mm, great I mean it's really clear from how you've spoken how all your thinking and ideas and approaches knit together in your process in terms of creating and making work that definitely comes across and I guess to to come to the end and to start thinking about wrapping up this episode um with the other uh those that have recorded episodes I've asked for any kind of words of wisdom or last thoughts or thinking you might have something that we haven't talked about it might be a piece of advice for those who are also making work it might be a takeaway message or a thought uh that that you might have get on with it and <laughs> get on with it get yeah. on with it and be confident I'd, I'd especially tell all my my um fellow female choreographers get on with it and be confident because no one's going to give you permission to do things and there's a lot of people who sound a lot more confident or maybe sound a lot more organized and they're probably not and anyway you have to find your own way so get on with finding your own way and make a stand for yourself um yeah and it's fun you know making dances is fun it's really fun so i think enjoy it and let the let others decide if it's any good great good words of wisdom to leave on there well it's been a real delight to hear about your practice and your research and thank you for joining me today thank you very much